Welcome back to Out Loud, the Selective Mutism Podcast. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Ann, Chelsea's mom. Thanks for coming back. It's been a while since we've been on together. We've had a lot of great guests recently. And I'm um, looking forward to um, talking tonight. Did you want to start off with a review? Sure. We- so we recently got um, a five-star review. And it says, I'm so happy to find this podcast. My identical twin boys are diagnosed with selective mutism. We've been working with a therapist for years, but made little pro- progress. This podcast this podcast provides so much useful info. Thank you so much. Thank you for leaving us a review. If you like our podcast and you haven't let, left us a review already, you can leave one on Apple Podcasts. And that helps more people be able to find us. That's right. Okay. Um, tonight, I guess we thought we would talk about uh, goals and goal setting. Um you know, it keeps coming up over and over, and it's just really important topic with selective mutism um, to set goals. And whether or not you're in therapy, um, you know, as a parent, you can always just set your own goals at home um, and work on those. Or if you're an adult and you're trying to take charge of your own treatment, um, you can write your own goals. Exactly. Uh, before we get started, we wanted to uh, mention that I guess we've been doing mm. the podcast for. A year now and we've had lots of wonderful professionals come on and share how they treat selective mutism and I guess now we want to hear more from you um, people who have selective mutism or who are overcoming it or have overcome it we it's like such a different experience for each person and I think we should be sharing that with other people it helps people understand more and instead of just hearing my story over and over and parents, too. Um, you know, if there are parents out there that are going through it with um, maybe a younger child or even a, a teenager, and you want to come on together, that'd be great. Um, you know, it's just Chelsea and I. I'm just talking about SM. Very casual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so how would they get in touch with us, Chelsea? So you can go on our website, outloudsm.com, um, and you, there's a form you can fill out under Contact Us. And that gives us a little bit more information so we can decide if it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. And we have actually reached out to some um, listeners or people that we know of that have SM. Mm-hmm. And um, we're sort of in the works with having them come on. So we that's our goal for this year is to share other people's stories. Yeah, we're excited to have people on. And I want to mention, I recently was talking to someone on Instagram who messaged me. And it's someone who still struggles with selective mutism. And I, I offered um, that they could email me with their story if they wanted to share it. And that's a way that you could um, kind of share if you aren't comfortable talking on the podcast. And you can also come on anonymously and we wouldn't have to mention your name. That's a great idea. I love that. Yep. Yeah, so reach out to us. We just want to hear (laughs) as many different people's experiences because, you know, this is our story, but it's not everybody's story and everyone's experience is different. Mm -hmm. Okay, so tonight we thought we would do goal setting because I think, you know, setting goals is one thing, but setting a good goal that you really have to set good goals to be effective Mm -hmm. and to be able to measure whether or not you're making progress Um, And not only measuring progress, but it gives, you know, you or the person with SM a sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And you can actually see how far you've come. Chelsea and I are both somewhat familiar with goal setting. Um, Myself, being a nurse, it's any nurses out there, it's very similar to the nursing plan or making a nursing plan. 
And then Chelsea being a BCBA. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I have experience writing goals for like IEPs and um, just trying to increase um, important behaviors that are meaningful to people and maybe decrease some problematic behavior while mm-hmm. encouraging promoting, promoting yeah. like replacement behaviors. We are used to writing SMART goals, which is an acronym. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of guides you into writing an effective goal. Mm-hmm. So SMART, right. SMART is a mnemonic for, do you want to go into it or do you want sure. me to? Okay, go ahead. Um, the S is for specific. So you want to be very specific when you're writing a goal. Um, you want to answer like the W questions like who, what, where, when, and why. And we'll give examples after. First mm-hmm. we'll just run through the mnemonic and then yeah. we'll we'll give examples. And the M is measurable. You want to be able to measure your goal to see if you're actually making progress. And this, I think, is one of the most common errors I see in goal setting. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are not measurable. Yeah. Okay. So that's the S, specific, M, measurable. And A is for achievable or attainable. I've heard people put attainable too. Yep. And um, that's usually like an action-oriented um, part of the goal. Right. And you want to make sure you're picking a goal that actually is achievable for the person and then r is for relevant um Mm -hmm. you want it to be meaningful to the person's life or rewarding i know some people say rewarding um and t is time bound so you want to set um a point in time to meet the goal a time limit yep right and then I know, I'm not sure about how you set goals, but with the nursing process, when we um, so we go through those same steps, and then, well, our mnemonic is different. So um, in nursing, it's like assess, you diagnose the problem, then you come up with a plan, then you implement the plan, and then you evaluate mm-hmm. the plan. And like for every goal, once you go through these steps, and you've either met the goal or not met the goal, you loop back mm-hmm. and reassess and see where you're at. And then you come up with, you know, you tweak the goal. Right. Or or you've either attained it and move on, or you tweak it, maybe make it a little more attainable, and then you just keep redoing that pattern of mm-hmm. evaluating and resetting. So I think we mentioned, you know, when Chelsea went through SM and was going through therapy, um, her therapist was not uh, specifically trained in selective mutism. Um, so we, were, we actually came across some of her old... Um, goal charts and we dug those out and we were looking at them mm-hmm. and it's funny actually Chelsea was looking at them and picked up on that they're you know not the best written goals maybe um but they worked for us <laughs> um she obviously she did great so we thought we would just you know kind of go over those and just give examples using the mnemonic that we just gave mm-hmm. in the best way to write goals or the most measurable goals we didn't mention this but another thing in writing goals is it's usually better to make it a positive, like from a positive aspect. So you wouldn't say, you know, um, Sally won't look at the ground today. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. you you don't want to say a don't or a won't in the goal. Um, You want to make it a positive action. And one reason for that is just because you're not doing something doesn't mean you've learned an appropriate replacement for that behavior. Or Mm, That's true. um, it doesn't give you anything to learn from. Right. That is a yeah, good point. And then, right, having specific dates, um, or per, be, you know, be, just make sure you be more precise. So you have dates, you have times that the goal is going to be attainable by. 
Um, and that just makes it easier to know if you've actually met the goal or not met the goal. And you're constantly reevaluating mm-hmm. and tweaking the goal. Um, right. Especially with selective mutism, it's hard to pick. Um, sometimes you don't know if it's achievable or attainable, and then once you get there, you realize it's too hard at the mm-hmm. time, and you have to kind of tone it down a notch. Right. Um, um, so, it, right, it's kind of better to start with the right the mm-hmm. least, I don't know, how do you say that, the least difficult goal? Yeah. Or I mean, you know where they're at, so you should, um, I mean, ideally, you could take data, like baseline data, and see, like, write down what, where they're speaking, and it doesn't have to be speaking, but mm-hmm. where they're verbal, where they're most comfortable, um, who they're talking to, in what setting, and what whole situation you want to be detailed, and then you can kind of build up from there. Like, mm-hmm. if you know that they're speaking to their teacher every day, you might want to add on to it. Right, or one teacher. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing, too, to think of when you're making goals is to write them down. Mm-hmm. So, Chelsea, actually, we had, you know, a piece of construction paper or whatever, and just wrote the goals down on it, and then across the top would put the days of the week um, so that she could actually... You know, if you don't have stickers, you can put stickers for, yes, you met the goal, or yes, I did it today. But if you don't have stickers, you know, no big worries. Just put a check mark or happy face or, you know, anything just to make it fun. Um, and I think, too, when you started, I want to say we started with just, like, two goals for the week, mm-hmm. one or two goals. Right. Because uh, it can't be overwhelming mm-hmm. if you have, like, five goals. Yeah. Um, that could be stressful and just... You know, it can be too much. Right. So it can kind of make it just seem unattainable. Mm-hmm. I think it's super important for kids to be involved in this and try mm-hmm. to play to their motivations as much as you can and have them involved in, like, putting the sticker on their goal and, like, actually understanding what they are earning and why. And we came across a few that you had actually written. So probably you <laughs> yeah. and senior therapist had come up with them together and then you actually oh, wrote them down. Yeah. Another um, good thing to do when you're writing goals is to use examples and non-examples, and we can go into that when we do our um, when we start talking about specific goals. Mm-hmm. But I think that helps, especially if you have teachers who are kind of reporting back to you or taking data, or it's just so that everyone's on the same page and knows what is a check and what is no check. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. So when we had goals at home, I know I've mentioned this before, but I would actually write a note to the teacher and tell her what our goals were for that week so that she could, you know, if an opportunity came up, that she could actually focus on it, too, and just, you know, help promote success for those goals. Mm -hmm. Um, So anywhere your child's going, school, dance class, art class, just share the goals and tell them what you're working on for that week um, so everyone's on the same page. Okay. can go into an example, I guess. Um, so I'm looking at my old sticker chart, um, it's from, dated from the year 2000, and it's written, I think it was written by my therapist at the time, so I was, how old was I, like, five? Mm-hmm. I was in, pre, um, kindergarten. So the first goal on here is Chelsea will ask to go to the bathroom at school. So that is... Um, we want to make sure it's specific, so it answers who Chelsea will go to the bathroom at, will ask to go to the bathroom at school. You can make it even more specific by saying Chelsea will ask. You could pick a specific teacher. And it, it doesn't actually say it has to be verbal. 
I mean, it right. could technically, you know, this could be written so right. much more specific. Because certain kids are using, um, like, different ways of communicating, so you could go into, ver- she will ask out loud to go to the bathroom, or, like, hand over her card asking to go to the bathroom. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. um, that way. But you should be specific about what kind of communication you're looking for, because there's different mm-hmm. ways to ask for things. Answer is what? It's asking to go to the bathroom at school. Where at is, school? It's where is at school. You could be even more specific though. It could be mm-hmm. like in a certain class. And when this ne- goal needs to be met, they didn't really answer that, but you would think it would be like once a day. So that was my point in looking <laughs> at this. I think it should actually say one, t- it should be more specific. Yeah. Like, Chelsea will ask to go to the bathroom once a day when at school. Mm-hmm. Then, or even more than that, Chelsea will ask to go to the bathroom each day at noon. Right. Yep. While at school. And then we always want to think about why we're working on a goal. Like, it might not even be important sometimes, but this goal is pretty important because we're asking to go to the bathroom is... And kind we've, of important. Um, and we've talked about a lot of SM kids do not go to the bathroom all yeah. day at school, so that, this is huge. That can lead to bladder issues and UTIs, mm-hmm. so it's important. So the M in SMART would, is measurable. Um, so it should say once a day or twice a yeah. day to be measurable. Right. So it is action-oriented because it's telling you what you need to do. You need to ask to go to the bathroom. And then, is it achievable? So, if this is totally out of the question, you might want to start with something smaller. You could change it to handing over a bathroom card or signing bathroom. And then R is relevant. We kind of already talked about that. Like, why are we doing it? I guess being able to ask to go to the bathroom may lead to other, being able to ask for other things. And it's also important because you need to use the bathroom at school or you're going to be having accidents potentially, or causing damage to your bladder. And T, time-bound, so you want to come up with a deadline. Right, so you could say, Chelsea will ask to go to the bathroom once a day before noon. So, you know, so that you're, you know your goal was to ask in the morning time. So once you get to noon, it kind of just puts a time limit. So that you know when you have to do it by. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so you could make it week like a week long goal Chelsea will ask to go to the bathroom one time a day at school um like three out of the five days and then once you meet that goal a few times you can up it to four and then five right so the way it's written Chelsea will ask to go to the bathroom at school a better way (laughs) could be Chelsea will ask to go to the bathroom each day by 2 p.m while at school and so then each day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, each day that she does actually do that behavior, she gets a sticker. And so if she maybe only attained that goal for one day, Monday through Friday, I would keep that goal on her chart for the following week. Mm-hmm. If she was able to pretty much master that goal um, by having a sticker there every day or four out of the five days, um, then I would consider that goal met Mm -hmm. and I would drop that goal for the week and if you're seeing that goal like consistently not being met you have to look at it and try to tone it down a notch because they're not able to do that right at that point in time 
But it doesn't mean you just give up on the goal. It means you change the goal to be more attainable. Right. Okay, so what was the next one on your list? Um, Another goal that was written for me is Chelsea will not use silly talk. And I, before we get into this, people talk a lot about the silly talk thing Mm -hmm. and baby talk or like using fake voices that aren't how they normally speak. Uh, when they're comfortable. And that is a part of selective mutism. It's actually pretty common for kids who are kind of in transition from being nonverbal to verbal in situations because they are vocally communicating. They're just not completely comfortable yet. So they're using kind of mm-hmm. a fake version of their voice. It makes you feel more comfortable for some reason. But anyway, this is a... <laughs> A goal that we were talking about earlier that is like a negative goal because it says Chelsea will not use silly talk instead of, I guess Chelsea will speak in her normal voice. Normal voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You also want to think about why is this goal even important? Because I would argue that it's not <laughs> because the mm-hmm. goal all along is to be speaking vocally and if that's already happening, then I think that's great. I think kids don't really get stuck in this and right it shows that they're already more comfortable and they're working towards um being fully comfortable and just being themselves so i personally wouldn't pick this goal to work on i think you're perfectly right (laughs) um because you are speaking you're using your voice you're using your voice in front of other people um i mean so what you you know (laughs) i think a lot of parents want to work on this though because they just want it to be gone but it's like you've made so much progress and it will come in time and when they're more comfortable right i can see though from a parent's perspective because i don't want to be like mean but it is a little bit embarrassing sometimes mm-hmm. um you know if you're with somebody that doesn't really know your child and mm-hmm. you, you start barking like a dog or reverting back to baby talk <laughs> or something but you know whatever hey you're using your voice and you're a child, so that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And right, nobody gets stuck in that. There's no 18-year-olds going around right. talking baby talk. So um, Another goal on here is Chelsea will read in front of Michael. Michael is Chelsea's brother, her yeah. baby brother. I'm guessing this was probably hard for me. <laughs> yes, to do, I don't know, to do anything in front of Michael. I think we talked about before how Michael would roar at Chelsea. Um you know, he's a boy. He was, uh, what, he's two years, two and a half years younger than Chelsea. Um, he's all boy. Um, so, I don't know, he would be aggressive and roll and want someone to wrestle with and all that kind of stuff. And Chelsea was just not into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she kind of went through a period where she would just avoid him. Um, <laughs> that sounds awful. So a lot of times, yeah, she just wouldn't speak in front of him. Or if she was in the middle of reading or doing something, she would stop if he came in the room. So one of her goals was that she would read in Mm -hmm. front of Michael. And she actually got this two days out of the week. But I will mention that some of the stickers fell off and they were (laughs) in the folder. No, you can tell though. (laughs) None that Um, week fell off. You would definitely want to make this goal more specific. So Mm -hmm. it mentions I will read in front of Michael. So that's answers to the who. And answers what I will read, but you might want to say. We'll um, read out loud. And for how long and for what am I reading? Yep. And when is this happening? Yep. And how many times? I mean, it, it's just it's just a very vaguely yeah. written goal. You want it to be measurable. So you would say, like, Chelsea will read out loud for five minutes in front of Michael. Or Daily. 
Right. So then you know if you either met the goal or you didn't meet the goal. Mm-hmm. And if that was too tough, you could scale it back and say, Chelsea will read in front of Michael for one minute daily right. and then see if she could attain you know, the goal for one minute. Right. And when you're saying in front of, you need to define that even more because does in front of mean in the same room? Does it mean like he's across the room doing something else? Does it mean he's sitting next to you and you're reading to him? So a good that's actually a good point. So actually, if you actually wanted to have you read a book to Michael, this would be easier to attain right. to start to read in the room with Michael in the room and then gradually make the goal a little more difficult so that you're actually reading mm-hmm. a storybook to your younger brother. Yeah, you could do like a fade in if you're familiar with fading someone into a room. Right. I just think a big thing, a lot of times we hear from parents that say, well, they just can't do it. They can't do that. And so then they they quit that Mm -hmm. goal. So we're just trying to impress upon you, you know, it's just, there's certain ways to write the goal, but not only that. I mean, if they can't do it, that doesn't mean they can't do it. It just means you need to adapt the goal Mm -hmm. to something that they want to do and can attain. And for kids who are old enough, I think you should be setting goals with them and talking about, like, if I was to give you this goal, how hard would it be? Like zero to five, zero being not scary, five being like completely scary, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of go off of those. Exactly. So you obviously don't want to pick a five goal because that would be so difficult for them. You want to start with the the ones, the number ones, things that would not be difficult for them and, you know, get some confidence going. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the goals that we have sort of talked about so far are verbal goals. Right. And they don't have to to, Exactly. It can be waving. I know one of my goals in the beginning was just waving to To my teacher. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or nodding, nodding your head. If your teacher said hello to you, that you would nod back. Mm -hmm. One of these is, we can go over these because there's a whole stack of these goal charts that are like daily. The goals listed are greeting others, so saying hello or good morning saying goodbye, saying please, and saying thank you. And then there's spots for other, which is just any other. You record the location, and then you can put either a smiley face or kind of a slanty (laughs) face if you didn't make the goal, which I also disagree with. Yeah, it's not really a sad face, but the mouth is just like a flat line. But I also (laughs) would would stay away from that. I would either do you earned it or just leave it blank. Leave it blank, yeah. Don't be negative. Um, because you're and you're just looking for progress like you just want mm-hmm. to be able to track that right and you don't um, want to make the child feel badly that they didn't no, attain the goal it it's not about that and they're not in trouble for not meeting their goal it's you want right. them to be successful so you want to be able to set goals that they can achieve so that they are earning things consistently and that's a good point too so in talking about goal setting and everything we want to make sure right there's no punishment there's no um, privileges taken away if you didn't meet your goals. But there are positive. You want to make it a positive yeah. aspect. So you actually had a list of some things that we used. I guess we had a treasure chest going, which is a great yeah. option where you can just buy things from the dollar store and throw them in there. It's kind of fun to, like, you get to pick something out of the treasure chest. Right, for so many... Um, right. Either, a lot of teachers do that, too. Yeah, we did that at home. So if it was a... Right. Someday, if it was a big goal and you even just did it one time... Oh, yeah, you could, like, pick the treasure chest. Or if you had a whole week of success, you could pick, you know, go pick Mm -hmm. something. You want to make sure you're picking things that they actually like, but sometimes the novelty of getting to pick something out of a treasure chest is exciting. Mm -hmm. And try to switch up what's in it. I I think that's important. And one thing, as a tip from from a mom, 
One thing that I kind of did, I think that was a little bit wrong was, you know, I'd fill the whole treasure chest. Chelsea would go look in it and pick something. But once she got to know what was in that chest, um, if there was nothing left in there really good, Mm -hmm. then that was an issue because she like sat there, looked through the treasure chest, decided, hemmed and hawed before she actually picked something. So you really have to um, just keep adding new things all the time. Mm-hmm. Or what I did a lot was I would pick something and give it to her. And then she was happy no matter what. But it's just different ways to tweak the treasure chest. Yeah. We also did, um, I guess I could earn renting a movie back when that was a thing in the 90s. We'd go to Blockbuster and yep. pick out a movie. Get to stay up half an hour late, get an hour of TV time, an hour of Game Boy time. Reading in bed before the lights went out, Not having minutes. Not having to take the dog out for a day. Oh, an hour out alone with mom or dad. It's also funny, I also have on here camera developing and film, so I guess I liked <laughs> taking pictures. I think this is a good one. Tell mom if something upsetting happened at school. Because I think it gives you permission to tell me. And and then you know you actually get a sticker or reward for it. Because I think that's really hard for kids with SM. You know, something happened at school. A lot of times you just keep it in and you don't share it. Mm-hmm. But maybe by having it on the, on the um, goal chart, it kind of gives you permission. Like, you know, if I talk to mom about this, I'll actually get a sticker. I kind of like that one. I think it's huge. Just emotional. Yeah. Um, it lets you express it. Right. Yeah. Let you express it. And, um, you know, it's very tough to share with another person. Yeah. So this used to be kind of like our bedtime thing. That's when you would kind of tell me. Or sometimes actually in the car coming home because you would be in the back seat. So there was no eye contact. You're in the back seat. Mm-hmm. And... That's another thing I wanted to talk about. Um This happens a lot with people with autism where we make goals for them to to make eye contact and I just Mm -hmm. think that shouldn't be happening with selective mutism either and I think ABA has come to recognize that as a field that um, people who have trouble making eye contact it's because they're having trouble it's hard to process information when you are being forced to make eye contact because you're overwhelmed with that. And it doesn't mean that a person's not listening to you just because they're not looking to you. I think it's cultural, though. Like, it's actually referred as being rude if you're not looking at somebody when they're speaking to you. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure people know that because I think that I see that as a goal still for people with selective mutism. And it's hard to make eye contact, but I don't think you need to write a goal for it. I think that comes with comfort and you should be focusing on comfort and... Mm-hmm. focus on more functional skills that are going to make a difference like asking to go to the bathroom and yep. asking for help um, good point yeah but a lot of these goals are not nonverbal goals like they're all about speaking which people like to focus on with selective mutism but there's other things that you can focus on like handing things over handing out papers raising your hand Waving goodbye. Waving goodbye. I think it's a good starting point that you don't really think about, like, but it's still hard for kids to do. Like, I remember in school we used to pass out graded, um, like, tests back to kids and they would pick someone to hand them out. 
And that was even hard for me. Like, mm-hmm. having to hand something over to a person was hard for me. But I think that is a starting point. And mm-hmm. if your child's having trouble meeting vocal goals, you need to start with nonverbal goals where you're handing things over. That's or... also good. It just struck me. It reminded me of, you know, participation grades. Mm-hmm. And if you have a teacher that's not really um, cooperative, I guess, or receptive to the... Um, <laughs> you know, giving great, not penalizing whatever for not participating, that perhaps is a conversation you could have with the teacher that she or he um, acknowledge that if your child is able to pass out the papers or collect papers, Mm -hmm. something like that should be counted as participation. It's not just verbal participation. Yeah. Actually, another one could be getting up to go sharpen your pencil. Yeah, that's a hard one too. Mm -hmm. Raising your hand. If you're not ready to ask to go to the bathroom verbally, you can sign it. We already talked about that. Once you meet certain goals, make them harder. Like tweak them to make them bring it to the next level. Mm -hmm. Actually, this is kind of funny that you will talk to children at school. That's what I mean. You did. um, You said blow up fish to Jeffrey. And then you said in front of Jillian, the big fat pony. So it's kind of silly, um, you know, it just kind of shows that silliness or silly talking, mm-hmm. but that that was the way you were able to accomplish that goal. Here's another goal that I had for school. This was in first grade. It says, Chelsea will read out loud to Miss Kim with when other children are present. So this isn't a very specific goal. It doesn't say like how many children are present or am I reading to them? Or am I reading in front mm-hmm. of them? Uh, what am I reading? How long am I reading? What am I reading? What am I reading? <laughs> it doesn't say any of that. You might want to make it more measurable, like how long I'm reading or how much I'm reading, how many children am I reading to or how many children are present. And then it might not be achievable, so that to me that sounds like a hard goal I don't know where I was at at that point but I would assume that would be hard for a lot of children in first grade with selective mutism so say you've had this goal for like two weeks and you haven't met it or you've only met it like a couple times um, you might want to change it to reading out loud to the teacher with another kid in the room coloring or um, like a preferred peer in the room like one of your friends and, that, and also Chelsea or the child with SM should pick that other child. Mm-hmm. And pick what they're reading. Mm-hmm. And maybe lessen the amount they're reading. Like maybe mm-hmm. you only have to say one line or even one word. You might even have to start there. Mm-hmm. Another thing we haven't talked about is like you're setting a time frame for the goal. And if you know you're not going to meet that goal, you can extend it um, mm-hmm. and try to make it more achievable. But I think part of setting like a time limit is once you meet that time you don't want it to be super long but once you meet the time limit limit that reminds you to reassess the goal so the way we did it or whatever is each week we we would make the goal chart and then each weekend you know we would go over it do the reward um, and make up the next chart for the next week Mm -hmm. and that's when we would decide if the goal would stay um you know, or if the goal is accomplished and we would get rid of that goal and replace it with a new goal. I just thought of something as well. Let's say you have like a list of like five goals for your week that you've been doing every week um, and you're making progress on a lot of them, but two of the goals 
they're getting no stickers, they're not earning them, but they're earning their stickers for their other goals, so they still get their reinforcement, like they're getting to earn out the treasure chest and things like that. So you might want to pick specific reinforcement for specific goals. So you might want to say, for this goal you earn this, for this goal you earn this, Mm -hmm. or for meeting certain goals you get, like the harder goals you get bigger prizes, or... Mm -hmm. Or sometimes we would just say, if for the whole week you get 10 stickers then you get to go to the treasure chest. Yeah, but what I'm saying is if a goal is not being mm-hmm. met ever, that's because they're getting reinforcement by meeting their easier goals. Oh, I see. So there, hmm. you might be avoiding a harder goal because you're earning stickers on your other goals and getting something for mm, it. Anyway, I see so what you're saying. I think for harder goals or goals that you're having more trouble with, you might want to um, have a specific it, goal for make, that. Yeah, make a specific reinforcer. Reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully this is helping. I just, um, I just want parents to realize, um, you know, that even if you don't have a therapist, this is something you can do at home. Um, and hopefully we've given you some insight or some tools that you feel more confident to be able to make effective goals. Mm-hmm. And so progress takes work. You it exactly. You have to put in the work. You have to do this. I mean, it is work. It does take time. But, and you don't have to have five goals a week. Pick, even if you have, you know, one goal, mm-hmm. one goal as a parent, if you set one goal for the week, do the stickers, have some sort of reward, you will, you know, you're going to see progress. And if you don't, then you, like we talked about, you back it up, you make it a little bit easier, you make it attainable. And um, until they accomplish that, and then you just tweak it a little bit harder each week until it, until you know it's nothing to them but I just you know want you to realize that as a parent you can do this it also gives the child or the teen or whatever the adult if you're an Mm -hmm. adult you can be doing this for yourself I give myself goals sometimes um, with things that I'm struggling with Um, but it gives you like that sense of accomplishment that you if you're writing it down and you're documenting your progress it makes you realize that you can make progress and you can do it mm-hmm. right there's a you know I kind of get mad at myself a little bit when we kind of focus on little kids all the mm-hmm. time um, because I you know in my mind I think of you and you were a child when we were going through this but that's so important that you said that um, you know a goal could be for an older child or an adult because phone calls phone calls I think yeah. are a really hard thing and you know just challenge yourself make Make a goal. I'm going to make myself make one phone call a day. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to make myself make three phone calls this week. And Do- if you're an adult and you find that, because I have trouble with making phone calls sometimes. I like procrastinate it so I don't have to do it just because it makes me uncomfortable, even though I can do it. Um, so I, But it holds you accountable. So if you write mm-hmm. down, I will call, so, like my doc, make my doctor's appointment today. Um that's holding yourself accountable and you might say i'm gonna earn um some nintendo switch time or a glass (laughs) of wine at the end of the day but it's holding yourself accountable and it's giving you a little bit of pressure to do it Mm -hmm. and you yourself can make it easier like i sometimes write scripts out for what i'm going to say before i make the phone call because sometimes it just goes my mind goes blank when someone picks up the phone. Mm-hmm. So you, there's ways to make it easier and attainable for yourself. Mm-hmm. Another good one is just ordering food, ordering out, you mm-hmm. know, because it's uh, 
predetermined or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. you look at the menu before you order out. You ha- you know exactly what you're going to say. Um, so that's another good exercise, a good exercise oh. to do. And writing it down, even as an adult, write it down so you can keep track, like on a calendar or something, mm-hmm. so you can see your progress. And then you can, you know, tweak the goal. There's these really cool habit trackers that I can put in the bio as well, in the show notes. Um, I've seen like people in the ABA world use habit trackers. So like you fill Mm. in every day that you do the Mm. habit you're trying to increase. So then at the end of the month, you get this like cool thing that shows you how many days you met your goal. Okay. So we talked about how to write a smart goal or how to make a goal better. You want it to be specific and answer the W questions. Who's involved? What is the desired result? What is... Um, the desired behavior, where is the goal being worked on, when does the goal need to be met, and why is this goal even important? You want it to be measurable, so whether you're tracking like the frequency or how long you're doing something, you want to make sure it's achievable and it's written so that the goal isn't too challenging but possible. And we didn't really talk too about short-term and long-term goals. Most of what we talked about tonight are short-term goals. And you want them to be relevant to their life. And you want them to lead to new skills. So like we talked about with eye contact, I just don't. Mm -hmm. And silly voices, I just, that will come with time and it's not super important. There's other more important things you can focus on. You want it to be time bound, so you want a deadline. And I think we mentioned this before, but it's good to put examples of the behavior you want to see in non-examples. Um... So you might say, if the goal was to wave to your teacher um, when you see them in the morning, an example would be like Chelsea waves to her teacher um, before, or Chelsea waves to her teacher during car drop-off or whatever, and a non-example would be Chelsea looks at her teacher and gets out of the car. Yeah, I don't know what you're saying about the non-example. I guess it... So giving examples and non-examples just gives you a better idea of what the behavior looks like um, and what it doesn't look like. So if someone's taking data, they know um, when they see a behavior whether that is the response we're looking for or it's not. So if we're saying Chelsea will read out loud for five minutes to her teacher at school... An example would be Chelsea reads Harry Potter for 10 minutes or 5 minutes to her teacher. And then a non-example would be Chelsea reads for 1 minute or Chelsea doesn't read at all and she's playing on the floor with blocks. Or Chelsea's sitting with a blank face at her desk doing nothing. Um, But these seem obvious to people, but it just makes it more clear. So that's more in a therapeutic role. Right. Not for a it's mom, not for but the a... child to read. It's just so that teachers know, like, oh, that was what I wanted to see. That's the she expected met the outcome. goal for the day. Yeah. Right. Okay, gotcha. So that's goal setting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we hope it's helped. And, um, you know, when you hear this episode, maybe send us some of your goals and how it went with goal setting and what you came up with for rewards. And tell us, like, if you're really stuck on something and you just can't, meet a certain goal you should send it to me because i'm curious and you could work on it for (laughs) them i could work on it Uh that would be great
Okay, so thank you everyone for coming back and um, listening again. We are so happy to have you. I love all the feedback that we're getting recently. I really think the podcast is doing wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) We're really excited for the guests we have coming on, and we're hoping there will be more people that want to share their story with selective mutism. Um, Make sure you subscribe because we have some awesome guests coming on soon. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. And if there's something you want to hear us talk about, send it Chelsea's way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You can message me on anything. You can find our Facebook page and message me or follow us on Instagram at OutLoudSMPodcast. Thank you for listening to Out Loud, the Selective Mutism Podcast. Everything I wanted to say out loud.